Hi. Did you see that? I that was that was <laughs> an amazing right. play. Thank that you. was amazing. Thank you. Amazing. I need to talk to you for a sec. Yes, ma'am. I need you to tell me where you live. 2268 Oakdale Road. Is that really where you live? Yes, ma'am. 2268 Oakdale Road. You know that's an empty field with a mailbox in front of it, right? You live in Kilroy, don't you? And you know that Kilroy is zoned for East Dillon High, isn't that right? Well, I mean, I mean, I've worked so hard for the Panthers, and this this team means everything to me. I mean, there's no team over at East Dillon. Well, there is a team, actually. We're starting a team. Well, I mean, is there anything that we can do? Like, can you write a letter to the governor yeah. or something? I'll tell you what, the only thing, the only thing you could do is your parents could move. It's the only thing. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry, son. You're going to have to go over there. You're going to have to pack up your stuff. Starting tomorrow, you're going to be going to school at East Dillon High. What? That's that's it? That's it. Uh, I mean, I will, I will get an A in every single class. I know you are a good Everyone, student. I promise you that. I will, I will do anything. I swear to you, I'll do anything. I'm begging you. I'm sorry, son. I hate that it has to be this way, too. No, I'm okay, I'm okay. Thank you. You'll be all right Yeah, now? I'm fine, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Go on now. Principal Taylor, hey. I'm really sorry for lying to you for the whole time and for lying to you right now to your face. I'm real sorry, okay? I appreciate that, Luke. I do appreciate that. Okay. You'll be all right. No, I'm fine, I'm fine. But thank you. Yeah, I'll be right there, Coach. All right, Sarah, so we get a chance to actually meet one of the new characters for Season 4. Um, it's not the first character that we've met this season, the new character, but it is uh, one of the more notable characters, and I'll let you know moving forward. Uh, Luke Cafferty will be somebody that we're going to be spending some time with. So it's not like someone you're going to see for maybe two or three episodes and then they leave the show. Um, this Just to let you know, this person will be sticking around for a while. So the question I have for you is, what did you think of Luke Cafferty as a character and this scene in general? Well, am I crazy or did they say he was the quarterback? No, 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 no. He's a uh, running back. Running back. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, where'd JD go? <laughs> like, we didn't see him the entire episode. So I'm like, um, do you just fall off the face of the earth or something? But okay. Running back. 
But I like this guy a lot. There's no attitude with him. Like, he is a genuinely nice, sensitive kid. And I feel really bad for him. Like, of all the people for this kind of shitty situation to happen to, I feel really bad that it's, it, that it's this kid. Like, he's the new Matt Saracen. <laughs> yeah, he's um his character comes off as very genuine, very, like you said, laid back, uh, like a nice kid. Somebody brought up in, in a family where... Uh, you know, please and thank you are like drilled into you. You know, like like he feels that, like he like genuinely feels bad for lying to Tammy. I was like, oh, it's so like heartbreaking. Right, it's such a a nice thing to see on this show. I mean, we, don't get me wrong; we have some really great characters on this show, including Matt. But at the same time. It's nice to see somebody else out there who has, I guess, kind of similar qualities. And we saw some of that from JD last season, but it was more of an awkward kind of thing. Like someone who really hasn't had a chance to maybe interact with a lot of people his own age. Kind of awkwardness, shyness, yeah. uh, which we now know has since dissipated significantly. Uh, whereas this guy seems like, like the real deal. You know, in terms of like someone who feels a lot like Matt in his own way, you know, just very um, deferential, I guess, to, yeah. to people around him, especially people in authority. Yeah, um, he's very emotional uh, about having to switch to East Dillon. He's not rude or aggressive or anything like that, but he is very emotional. And I'm just curious, like, how much does this mean? Does does this affect his future, his career, like going forwards? Is that what he's kind of worried about? Well, yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, okay, let me just put it this way. Um, if you go in the United States and you were to go around to a lot of the high schools, uh, even on the high school level, there are what are considered powerhouses. Now, on this show, we know that Dylan is one of those in Texas. Yeah. All right. Dylan is one of those uh, high schools that is always seemingly always, you know, vying for a national or a, a state title. Um, they're always in the hunt, um, just as there are probably a lot of schools throughout the state that will never probably do much. Right. And so that exists all throughout the country. Um, okay. And if you are on a team which has a lot of state and national recognition from the people that really know about it, like the people like scouts from colleges, right. They are going to come to the hot spot schools first, right. That's where the talent's at. That's, that's the places they want to check out first. If you're lucky and you're one of these tiny little schools somewhere, and you have to be a really good player. You either have to get somebody's attention. You got to either do that. You got to put up ridiculous numbers, like so good that even scouts can't ignore you know, your gotcha. potential, like they, they hear about you somehow and then they come and see you. Okay. So get to remember for Luke, this has been something he has been fighting for and dreaming about for years being on the Panthers. You know, uh, he's, I mean, I think his character, I mean, he's been there for probably a year or two, maybe a year because he should be, let's see. I want to say he is a, he should be a junior, I think, in this, and I think he'll be a senior next year. So he's probably on the he's probably he was probably on the Panthers last season, but he probably really didn't play at all. 
which is why we're only seeing them now. Okay. So, yes, to answer your question, it does mean it does mean a lot because sending him across town is like sending him to a school where scouts maybe aren't gonna really be looking too hard at the team across. Sends him outside the radar. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering, like, how much it affected, because it was definitely a very emotional reaction from him. Yeah, well, like I said, you look at him, and he's, he's I'll do anything. I'll get, you know, A's, and I'll get this, and I'll get that, and I'll do whatever you need me to do. Just don't send me over there, because it's not just about the opportunities. It's like, this is his team. These are the guys. Friends. Friends, and yeah. It's a big deal. It'd be like you getting uprooted from your school. You know, the friends that you made just being sent, you know, 15 miles away to another school and being told, well, good luck. Hopefully, yeah, uh, <laughs> make some new friends. Uh, yeah, you know, fair so, enough. Yeah. That's pretty awful. Yeah. It makes but, sense that uh, it was raining when that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit of a downer for everybody. And I will bit. say this about Tammy. She really, I mean, you could see on her face, like it was killing her to do this and but she she stayed strong you know and she yeah, did what she I needed to do yeah <laughs> i would have That's been like it. okay we can do something <laughs> <laughs> like this will be okay it'll be okay <laughs> um okay so so let's kind of talk about you know how did this scene happen right because this isn't in the very beginning of the episode although it's not that far into it either so uh because of well, okay, so Buddy uh, ends up, Buddy comes and talks to Eric, because, of course, at the end of the last episode, you know, he wasn't getting any attention from, you know, the Panthers, you know, Buddy was kind of losing, it feels like he's losing his um, grip on the team, uh, his any status. power he had the power uh it's like he's he's losing some of that and when you don't do that with buddy right I mean, you got to give him something you got to give him a little bit here and there uh to keep him happy and he wasn't getting any of that so feeling left out uh he went to eric and let him know that there's a mailbox and he showed eric the property and in this you know this lot which is empty this is where they say Luke Cafferty lives. Of course, uh, if that were true, if it really were true, then then Luke would be in the area designated for uh, um, West Dillon. But unfortunately, Luke doesn't live in West Dillon uh, area. He lives in Killian, which of course is East Dillon territory. So by by telling Eric this, it uh, allows Eric to go and poach one of the best players on the team, probably second best player next to JD. Uh, so Tammy knows this now, and it's now her responsibility to go and tell Luke this awful news, which she doesn't want to do, but at the same time, she knows that she has to. Yeah. Like, that's a rough role to be in, to have to be the bearer of bad news. And she is having a rough episode. <laughs> She's getting dealt quite a few hits this episode. I mean, she does, but man, does she hit back, though? 
Yeah, she's a tough cookie, that one. I would fear her. And, and you know, as we'll talk about here very shortly, uh, I think Joe, uh, among others, is are starting to learn that, that maybe you shouldn't tangle uh, with <laughs> Tammy Taylor too much. Don't mess with me. <laughs> you might get burned. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... Yeah, because he, uh, after this all happens, uh, he and his goon coach corner her in, like, the parking lot with a go-kart or whatever, that golf cart, and they're trying to bribe her in the parking lot. I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) Come on, this is Tammy. Like, you can't possibly think that's going to work. And then you go to, like, threaten her, like... You're idiots. That, neither of those things are going to work with her. In fact, you're just going to invoke rage. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, oh, before we go forward, uh, just want to note, I'm wrong. Uh, the whole Buddy uh, Eric thing with the mailbox, that actually happened in this episode, but it happened before the credits rolled. So, um, yeah. Which is, is where we learn that information. But yeah, in that scene with... Uh, with the golf cart, it, it's 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 am- so like um, uh, it's so shady. Um, I'm trying to it's, find the right. It's shady, but it's also intimidating. I mean, these are these are two grown men who are more or less not blocking her way, hovering over her, making threats. <clears throat> it's kind of um, uncomfortable, honestly. Yeah, like. The goon, I always forget his name, but whatever that guy's name is, he's not really stepping the line. Like, he'll bribe, but he kind of backs off where Joe goes and pushes the line of threatening and to, like, dig into uh, Eric's past and bring up any kind of dirt he can to get certain uh, matches repealed and rings to be lost. Like, what a dick. I hate this man with, like, every fiber of my being. Well, well, look, uh, Wade Aikman is a puppet. Yeah, that's that guy. what he is. I mean, he's <laughs> he's the coach, and you know, I don't doubt that as a coach, he probably has uh, some talent there. I don't think that you can argue too much about that. But with Joe, the power—that's where the power lies, right? He uh, has the money, he has the influence, he has um, the boosters. Right, because he has all this money, which he'll he'll freely spend and flow that money directly into the Panthers and the high school, and but specifically the football team. Uh, and no booster worth their salt is going to turn that down. That's, I mean, booster's job is to try to raise money and funds and and do all this stuff to help out the athletic programs. And most of the time, it's football. Uh, so. If someone comes along and says, I will give you a ton of money, you can do whatever they want. And so he has the boosters in the back po- in his back pocket right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. Joe is just nasty. Nasty man. Like, And he has those dead psychopath eyes. Like, this actor, he's good because, like, every time I look at him, he just makes me, like, want to punch him. <laughs> Well, he's great at his role. I mean, he does yes. a fantastic job at playing a real asshole. I mean, he is through and through. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's also true, you know? <laughs> I mean, he could be a great father. Uh, he could use his money and his influence uh, 
to do good things, but instead he he's used his money, his influence, his smarmy charm, I guess, if that's what you want to call it, um, to to get what he wants, which more or less was just control of the football program, so that he could direct it uh, as he as he pleased. And I, I honestly think that was his intention from the day he moved his son to Dylan was oh, yeah. get his way in there, make inroads. And eventually take this thing over. Because if he could do that, then he could pretty much do whatever he wants. Yeah. I have no doubt about that. Like, he would have made a good, like, mobster. (laughs) You know? Like, if he wanted to go the illegal route, he could have done it. (laughs) He's got that kind of, um... Uh... He has no conscience and no care and will pretty much do what he has to do to get things in his favor kind of attitude. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's he breaks thumbs really, if he had to. He's really good at that. Um, so that leads Tammy into a scene with Eric. Because once... Um, because Joe tells her about the, the possibility of, you know, the lost rings. And, hey, you know, that mailbox was there way before I ever got here. So we're simply using what was already here. So, you know, if I did an investigation, rings could be lost, state titles, all that stuff. He, she's so, trying to manipulate her into believing that her husband was the one who put it there and to act on that kind of fear. Well, the true, but but let's say, let's say that uh, even if Eric had no idea, uh, it still doesn't matter. It's still a threat that could have the same resolution. Yeah. So even if Eric didn't know about anything, it still wouldn't alter his threat. Because at the end of the day, what he really wants is for her to back down and acquiesce to whatever he says. And she, of course, you know, she's not happy about it. But she, in that moment, I think she recognized we could have a problem. Now, um, that leads into this scene with Eric where he comes home after a pretty bad day, and, and we'll get to his storyline later. Uh, and so she informs him of what what happened, what Joe said, and she kind of asks him, like, you know, hey, did you did you know about this? And he says, look, no, I didn't. I don't appreciate being accused in my own home, especially two minutes after I got I got back in the house. And I. The way I look at this scene, and let me know if you agree or disagree, I don't think that Eric knew about the... I don't think he knew about it. I think that he knows that some kind of shady and underhanded stuff can go on with Buddy and the boosters. And I think he's turned a blind eye over the years... Because it's just not something he wants to get involved with. And so if he doesn't have to think about it, doesn't have to actually know it for, for real, then he's not going to complain, you know? Yeah, I kind of feel like it's just one of those things where he you know, he may or may not have known about, but whether he did or didn't, you know, he didn't really focus on what the boosters were doing. He just kind of let it happen and... As long as he didn't have to know about it, it wasn't a problem. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's in a tough spot. So Yeah. 
Uh, that puts, of course, puts Tammy in a tough spot, and they get into an argument. Uh, he walks out in a in a huff, uh, going to get milk. I like um, that line. I'm gonna go get milk. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It, you know, I will say this. I like when he storms off. He storms off the purpose, right? right? Like <laughs> if he's gonna if he's gonna get in his car, slam the door, and peel out of the driveway, and go down and blow up some steam. He's also going to get some milk on the way home. So they have I kind of wanted the uh, camera to like pan back to her and there's already like a full jug of milk on like the counter or something like that. <laughs> her just shaking her head. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so we have Tammy. Um, she goes in to visit uh, Joe. Uh, the boosters are in their, their customary, I don't know if it's a whatever place they go and eat at and stuff. I feel like it's the same place you see every time they're all together. Um, the guys are all sitting around talking. They're talking about injuries and whatnot between the players. And, and uh, so basically they're talking shop. And Tammy walks in. Of course, she has something to say to Joe. And uh, we'll let you listen to that here. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. And then, buddy, are we looking... To talk to that... Sorry, I, ha I hate to interrupt. How are you? Good to see you, Sam. Don't mean to interrupt. I just, um, can I just have a quick word with you, Joe? Go talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't have any misunderstanding the other day when we had that conversation in the school parking lot, you know, mm -hmm. with the golf cart, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just want to make sure I was clear that, that my decision has been made and is made and that Luke Cafferty is going to East Dillon High. Are you clear about what I told you? Oh, yeah, I think I heard you. You mean about doing an investigation and retroactively taking away Panther t state titles? That's the thing you're talking about? Because I just want to actually make sure that you also checked with all these gentlemen here about that, because as you said, um, you know, that's going to mean rings being taken away and things like that. And I can bet you there are a lot of rings in this group, you know, <laughs> family and whatnot. So. Um, you know, you, you do what you have to do. I know you're gonna do what you have to do, but I just want to make sure I had been very clear with you where I stand on it. So, I'll let y'all get back to it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Y'all enjoy. All right, Sarah, what did you think of this, uh, this scene? I loved it. I loved it so much. I love watching him just kind of sit there and take it in square a bit, uh, Tammy just laying into him like not even like she's not laying into him at all but she is without doing it she's being super sociable cordial and you know just making sure that you know whatever he says she can play on those words and flat out just kind of call him out in front of everybody while still being polite about it it's just like it's the best form of like F you that there is and I love it so much well, you know what? Actually, it's um, it cuts a little deeper when you can smile a poisonous smile at somebody. <laughs> uh, I know while I'm smiling and acting all cordial, I might sound pleasant, but my words belie something completely different. Exactly, and that's what's going on here. So, so Tammy is is threatening while also sounding perfectly polite, and very yep. nice, and da da da, and you know, it actually, it actually is worse to me. Like I would rather her like yell and scream and threaten. It actually is a bit more. 
I feel like threatening and and I guess a little more in, added insult to injury that she's actually being really nice in this moment when I know the <laughs> words that she's saying are not nice at all. It is a threat, full bore, uh, and what she says is really great. And what I love about this scene is that it's the moment I think Joe realizes he's maybe tussling with somebody who is not going to back down and certainly isn't going to cave uh, into whatever petty demands that he has, has set up here. And I really love that because we've seen Tammy like this before with Jumbotron last season. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, yep. she fought tooth and nail until she literally lost because she had no choice but to just cave in and, and do it. Um, and I love that because it ref- it's in line with her character. She isn't going to do this. It's not right. And so she's not going to cave into Joe and she's going to let him know it. And uh, it's just, it's so satisfying in this scene to know that Joe's, like you said, squirming a little bit, kind of realizing that maybe he miscalculated the situation and more so the person that he's dealing with. Yeah. And that he can't control her like he can everybody else. I think she's the only person in his life he can't control. Well, he can't throw money at her. The money's not yeah. going to work. You know, she she could care less. She's certainly not going to not going to accept a bribe from him. You know, and that's and, his and even, in the hole. And right, well, even if it's money for the school, it Tammy isn't going to let her morals crumble for the sake of some textbooks. Yeah, it's not good enough. <laughs> No, no, definitely. Like unless not. you're gonna add a wing on, then we ain't talking. <laughs> it would take it would take a significant amount of money yes. to even make her really pause and give it some actual thought. And and I don't think that's the kind of money he's gonna want to spend, even if he does have a lot of money. So yeah, it's just a it's just a an empty threat right now. Although, you know, he does have his own way of also getting back, and we'll, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, but is there anything you want to add about this scene before we move on? No, just that I love it. It's my favorite scene of the episode because, I mean, like, it's the Tammy version of a mic drop or just, like, flipping off somebody when you're leaving a room. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's a great scene. It really is. I love it. Uh, so then we move on to uh, Tammy. She's... In the auditorium, right, they're having the big rally for the football team. She stands up and gets ready to talk, and everyone starts booing. Uh, It's a second before she realizes who's orchestrated all this. Of course, after her, you know, sweet little threat in that room, um, it's not going to go over well with Joe, and Joe found his way to strike back by letting the student body know that she's responsible for taking Luke away from them. Right, so then they start chanting, we want Luke, we want Luke. And it's just, it's a moment where she's like, I can wait forever, but you, you know, it hurts. You know, it, it hurts yeah. her to watch all the students in the auditorium boo her. And it, it it makes me mad. And the reason it makes me mad is because, it's not surprising, but, you know, here's the redistricting. The redistricting happened. And... There's a lot of students over in East Dillon that, that would rather be back in West Dillon, but they don't have a choice to be there. You know, they have to go there. And yet, you know, even though Luke is supposed to be there, 
they're selfish because they want him all to themselves because he'll help the football team out. That's it. And yeah. and so it's just it's just very I don't know. It just makes me sad for the Panthers because it seems like with Eric left the heart of the team because now they're so petty and, you know, they're a little vile sometimes and it's just, it's gotten so, there's no heart left in it, you know? Yeah, there isn't. And, you know, we know who's running the team and he takes the shots from the guy above him, which is Joe. So obviously there isn't a strong moral center uh, leading that team, um, Wade will pretty much do whatever Joe wants him to do uh, because he's in charge. So, yeah. and Joe They'll doesn't never... really care what the players do as long as they perform well on on Friday nights. That's it. Yeah, but they'll never so. get that extra push that Eric can when he gives those heartfelt speeches. They'll never be able to have that. No, oh God, no. <laughs> um. All right. So uh, I'm going to hold off on this, the last scene here uh, with Tammy and Eric, just because I want to, I want to get to the end, you know, with the two of them. So once we talk about Eric's storyline, we'll get to the final scene between, between them and really the final scene, I think of the episode. Um, So let's move on to uh, another character. Let's talk about Matt. So, I love his storyline this episode. Yeah, so why don't you take the lead here? So what happens with Matt's storyline? Alright, so you know, basically Matt is in his art class and his teacher submitted his work uh, into um, a local artist. Uh, I guess it's something they do kind of regularly and this artist chose him for an internship. So uh, he gets to go and... <laughs> He arrives at this guy's house and it looks like kind of a, just a junkyard full of scrap, you know, the occasional like artsy sculpture around, but it just kind of looks like a junkyard. And you know, he knocks on this guy's door and a guy opens it and he says, freaking underwear. <laughs> I laughed so hard because it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Imagine like a suit look like he's ready for church and this guy who looks like he's running a meth lab opens the door and he's like, yeah, no, I'm the artist now, you know, get to work and go get metal and whatnot. And poor Matt's just kind of like a deer in the headlights, like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Just kind of like poor Bambi's really surprised <laughs> and shocked. Yeah, well, he's shocked, and I was kind of shocked too because this is the teacher he's the teacher he stood up to in the class last week, and more or less just insulted her place of education. <laughs> her she judgment. then goes out of the you know, the goodness of her heart and kind of puts his name into this uh, competition for the possibility of you know being this guy's like a, you know apprentice more or less yeah and uh i'm like okay that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense because you would think that she would be kind of annoyed you know after that but whatever uh so well then it gets he, yeah. him out of her class for a little while <laughs> right i guess so um <laughs> but this obviously isn't what he thought Right. And the guy no. just doesn't really care about his work. He thought he was going to go there and this guy's going to look at my work and, you know, tell me what I'm doing well, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I'm going to, I want to learn. And instead he's like moving scrap metal and all this, you know, the, this is his job. It's kind of like the karate kid, right? So, <laughs> uh, 
in that movie. And, and like I guess I, I guess I could say spoiler warning, but you know, look, if you haven't seen the Karate Kid, <laughs> came out in nineteen eighty four. If you haven't seen it yet, sorry. You know, yeah, turn this mic like off and watch the years. <laughs> movie. Um so it's like it's like in Karate Kid, right? Daniel, uh Mr. Miyagi is like, Yeah, I'll teach you karate and so he's doing all this stuff and right? he's doing you know, he's you know waxing the cars he's you know putting a fence up he's doing all this stuff and it's all this manual hard labor and at some point he eventually just says you know but screw this you haven't taught me anything now i'm not saying that in this instance this guy's taught matt something because i mean in the karate kid mr miyagi does in fact teach him by actually making him do this manual labor the things he does while doing it actually feed into the core concepts of what he learns uh you know karate wise um and so i'm not saying that but it's, it just reminds me of that whole relationship where you know in this instance matt is just moving all this scrap metal around for this guy who's supposed to be teaching him something and the guy's like not teaching him anything and eventually he just gets mad so i mean <laughs> i totally get it though yeah and uh, funny thing is that um this just reminds me so much of uh this guy's attitude is so my dad my dad is an artist he's a sculptor and has like weird shit around the house and out in the lawn all the time and he's certainly not as uh, doesn't walk around in his underwear outside, of course, but uh, he's certainly like an eccentric character as well. So, like, ah, uh, this is just kind of too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know that, but that's uh, that's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so Matt eventually, you know, he goes pizza delivering with julie and whatnot and you're just kind of describing like how horrible it is and yeah uh, she gives some good advice you know show him your worth and kind of like uh stand up for yourself kind of thing and he does you know eventually he kind of just has it and he's like you haven't taught me anything like all i'm doing is your dirty work like what are you like why am i even here and he picks up his, like, papers again, all his artwork, and just, like, crinkling them, going through them, finds one that he kind of likes, rips out the part of it he likes, and says, there, focus on that, that's what you're gonna <laughs> I like his line, like, this, this part here doesn't make me want to vomit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that is some classy line right there. <laughs> it I is like pre- it. It's pretty great. Um, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's funny. He- He's definitely, he's definitely somebody that doesn't work too well with others in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting relationship between him and Matt. Yeah, yeah, I'll be interested to see you know how this progresses as well. Um, yeah, so so I think that's is that it for Matt's storyline. I think I'm really yeah about it for him. Um, Other than uh, oh, we should talk about. Um, at the very beginning, Matt is at the at Eric's home with uh, Julie, hanging out with her and Gracie, and uh, you know they they made coffee for Eric. This is like the day after, or a couple days after the. It's like the, it's the game. day after the game. It's like it should yeah. be Saturday. And uh, he asked if Matt brought him the paper. He's like, no, but I'll go get it. And he's really adamant about getting that paper. And Eric kind of figures out why when he steps outside and. 
white flags all over his lawn, like covering his lawn with like quitter writ on it. Like people there are shitty. <laughs> that is like I can't believe that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. Well what, what psychopaths. Right. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Um yeah, other than that, that is Matt's story. <laughs> well, um let's talk about Riggins because <laughs> You know, Tim starts out this episode sleeping in his truck. And what I love about this scene, so he's he's sleeping there. It's on the side of the road. A uh, cop car pulls up. Guy gets out. A cop gets out. Walks up. Um, gently prods Riggins, uh, who wakes up. And the cop recognizes him. And he says, aren't you Tim Riggins? Tim's like, yeah. He's like, y- you, can't, you can't be here. And I, what I love about that scene is that it, it perfectly calls back to the premiere from last week where Becky was talking to Tim um, after he gets up, after you know he had slept with her mom, Becky's mom. And she says, so what's it like being Tim Riggins? You know, like one second you're on top of the world, next second you're just it's all gone. And this scene really reminded me of that because if this was Tim last season or the season before, I bet that cop would have just said, you know, you might want to be out of here. I a room in my house, you know. (laughs) Well, you know, I think the cop would have just let him go or would have said, hey, you know, you've got a couple of hours. When I come back, you probably shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Um, But he certainly wouldn't. Like, I feel like now that he's not a contributing panther anymore, like he's not in high school, uh, I, I, I just he's not going to let him slide by anymore. And so yeah. I feel like that is a perfect callback to the premiere and kind of reinforces uh, the notion that you know maybe Tim's best days are are behind him now. Yeah, it's really a depressing thought. Yeah, it is a pretty uh... depressing thought. He's also working with Billy at his auto shop, which pisses me off. Like, you're not giving him a roof to have over his head until he gets on his feet. And apparently you aren't paying him, but you're working him to the bone. Or he's, like, barely getting any sleep. Like, Billy is an asshole. (laughs) Like, I know you got a pregnant wife, but, yeah, literally welcome to America. Everyone (laughs) has, like, a wife and a kid eventually. And... It doesn't turn into this much of a jerk. Tim's the reason you have this auto body shop in the first place. Like, with his help, you wouldn't have, like, that money. Well, like, it came from them selling that house. And also, like, to get that house in the first place, they had to steal that wire. Yep. And that was Tim's butt on the line. So, seriously, cut that kid some slack. You're being a jerk. Yeah, he is... Definitely being a jerk in the, here, um, even despite the pressure, he shouldn't be this way, unfortunately. No. Um, so Tim working there and not getting paid, yeah, that, that definitely is annoying. I feel like Billy's just have to suck it up and, and give him something at least. And you know, But for now, you know, Tim isn't getting it. But uh, there is a call uh, for a tow. <laughs> Which, uh, when Tim takes, yeah, when Tim takes the truck out, uh, he realizes as he's pulling 
into the driveway that the person who called him doesn't need a tow because that person is Becky. <laughs> yep, and she just hops in, tosses her stuff in, is like, I need to ride to school, and mom's passed out, and, like, doesn't care about his feelings whatsoever. It's just she speaks very matter-of-factly, and you need to do this for me kind of way about her. It, it reminds me so much of Tyra, like early Tyra, with a just maybe not as mean as early Tyra, but she certainly has that edge to her and that kind of like, you need to do what I say kind of attitude. It's definitely, you know, the self, self-absorbed uh, nature of a teenager, you know, somebody yeah. who is young, uh, you know, how old is Becky? I, I mean, she's what, 15, I think right now, something like that. Uh, Which makes what's probably going to come down the pipe a little weird. (laughs) Huh? What'd you say? Whatever's going to come down the pipe, it's going to be a little weird, because I can already see the two of them are going to be a couple eventually down the road, and that's just a little creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, she's definitely giving him the looks, um, as, as we do see in this episode. Um... So, of course, Tim isn't happy about it, and he does say, like, don't ever do that again. (laughs) (laughs) But he's got a smile on his face, like, God. Almost like he's amused at the gall that she has, you know, like, it took some some real guts to even do this. Yeah, poor Lila. (laughs) Watching this, I even entirely forgot about her until afterwards, and like, Oh, well, that's going to be a little while down the road because he's still to do with Lila's. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's probably coming. Well, you know, we have a couple other things that happened here with, with Tim. He does uh, he does end up going to see Eric, right? Right, yes. Poor Eric is just kind of having a really tough moment, doesn't know whether his team's going to be coming back or not, and Tim kind of shows up. And he's just like, if you need any help uh, with your team, I'm here. And, like, there's something, like, with his uh, Eric's bottom lip. Like, he's just kind of a little overwhelmed with, like, how grateful he is. That you can just see this little lip quiver for a moment. He's so grateful that it's just like, oh, what a great moment. He's so happy to have Tim. Uh, yeah, and I think Tim is feeling the same. Uh, right now, Tim is... I guess more or less homeless, uh, doesn't have any money, doesn't have a place to stay. Um, he left college. Uh, so right now, Tim doesn't have a whole lot. Uh, other than working at the garage, Tim doesn't have much going on for himself right now. And so I think in a way, offering to help Eric both is fulfilling, right? And on a personal level, it's fulfilling. But also... I think it's comforting. You know, he gets to kind of dive back into, you know, football. I mean, he can't be out there playing anymore, obviously, but he, he can still be involved. And so it's like it's like diving back into the water if you're a fish. You know, it's oh so comfortable, you know, for him. Yeah. He found that talent, like he was able to he was good at rallying people together and you know, he has the ability that Eric has is to invoke the heart of the players. And that is a great asset to have a backup person <laughs> for your team. That's closer to your team members ages and can relate with them. So I think that's going to benefit him big time. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, so then we see Tim back at the bar um, where he picked up <laughs> Becky's mom. Obviously, Becky is the bartender there. He's been drinking a little bit, and uh, he and Becky begin to, to talk. Not Becky. Um, Becky's I mom. I can't, think, I can't think of her name right now. Um, but they begin to talk, and uh, that's when she offers Tim her the trailer in her backyard. Like she has a spare trailer back there. Uh, don't know why there's a spare trailer back there, but there is one. <laughs> Um, right. And so she offers it to him for a hundred dollars a month, which, by the way, is like practically giving it away. Seriously, yeah. it's like basically just she probably would let him be there for free, but I think she would. She doesn't want him to feel like she's pitying him too much, so she's charging something. Well, and besides, also, if he were to stay there for free, he might think she would want something else. For yeah, in calls. lieu of payment, yeah, <laughs> which she makes clear that she doesn't, uh, but she does appreciate the fantastic night that they did have. <laughs> yeah, boy, Tim's got a flair for older women. <laughs> like this isn't yeah. the first time. <laughs> uh, no, definitely not. But I like I like her line where she's like, uh, "I'm gonna give you a key. I'm gonna call my daughter. She's not gonna know who you are." I just don't want her to get freaked out when you come over. Like, like, oh, well, not, you're wrong, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> you do that. I'm just, <laughs> she won't be too surprised. <laughs> I also don't think she'll be depressed about it either. No, but she'll probably start dressing differently while she's around the house. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um <laughs> Yeah, so we see Tim go back, uh, takes his, the few things he owns, uh, says hi to Becky on his way in, goes in the trailer, shuts the door, and Becky goes back in the house. So, yeah, uh, we don't see, like, in terms of Becky's role in this episode, I mean, she's with Tim. Uh, beyond that, we don't see much of her right now. It's usually any association or any screen time she has, it's in association with Tim in some way. Yeah. So... Yeah. Let's um, see who else. So let's talk about uh, Landry. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let you let you take this one because I know Landry's your boy. Yeah. So Landry got some backbone this episode. Uh, basically, the coach kind of goes to him to um, basically kind of have somebody to be his wingman. And help rally the team together. But Landry just, he's hes with the team on this one. Like, this is the first time he's really stood up against Eric. And just, he says to him, like, uh, we gave you everything we had and you quit on us. Like, he made it clear that him and the team are pissed. And neither of them are going to play for him. I was just, like, stunned to see this Landry. Like, you don't see this Landry unless he's talking to Tyra. <laughs> Or else, like, any kind of other authority figure, he kind of crumble unders. But I was impressed. I was like, damn, he's got real backbone this episode. I was impressed, too. Um, and I appreciated it. Yeah, I it's think growth in his character. I, we've seen all the characters on this show. One of the things I love so much about Friday Night Lights is that all the characters make mistakes. And sometimes the people that are are supposed to be the ones who have all the answers 
are the ones that make the biggest mistakes. And that's what we see from the fallout from Eric quitting at halftime. You know, the, the, the guys aren't happy. Right? He basically doesn't have a team because instead of letting them go out in the field in the second half, he forfeited. Even though, understandably, looking around that locker room, those guys looked in terrible shape. Uh, that was That shouldn't have been his call to make. And they, if they wanted to make that call, they, they would have done it as a team collectively and certainly not having somebody go out there and make that decision, decision for them. So, and you can tell Landry completely agrees and buys into that. And so when he, Eric comes over and tries to kind of strong arm him and helping him, he's like, hey, look, not going to happen. You know, you don't deserve my help. And he walks away. Yeah. And uh, so we also have like with um, Tim having kind of been like Lila who we also have Landry kind of being like Tyra who because uh, he's out in the parking lot and some guy t- tough looking guys ain't letting him park in a spot. So he backs up and he backs up over this girl's bike and he gets out to go see if she's okay. And he's just like flabbergasted by her beauty. And it's really cute. But yeah, anyways, he runs up his girl's bike, and she just kind of raves him at a new one for it, and he just kind of stands there, gawking at her, and uh, basically she tells him her name, and he's going to give him her info so he can send her a check <laughs> for the bike, and yeah, he's just smitten Landry. Real cute. It is cute, but I, I know how you are with Landry and, and Tyra, so... Yep. Yeah, I, I was wondering how you were going to take this episode and, and the events that happen in it in regards to to Jess Merriweather and Landry kind of meeting up. Um, yeah. yeah, she can hang around, but she's not allowed to be permanent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, what, she can what be else? Some what, side business. <laughs> yeah, he yeah the the side fling. Um, <laughs> so what else happens in Landry's storyline this week? So he's also goes out with I think it's a couple of the team members and it's to a diner and she, I guess it's her father's diner and she's running her butt off cleaning and being a waitress and doing all these side jobs for her dad and Landry gets up to like help her and her dad's just like gives the look <laughs> the look and he makes Landry take out the trash. And then gives his daughter the look. He's like, it's the look of really, like, okay, it's not even just a white boy. He's the whitest boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Landry is, he does have red hair, so, and his skin is paler than milk. <laughs> um, yes. It's almost translucent. It's so pale. Yeah. Like, dude, get a get a tan. Get a sunburn. <laughs> anything. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, um, yeah, with Landry's storyline this week, you know, it, it's kind of this meet cute that he has with Jess. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's early, right? So it, it kind of feels a little, you know, cliche at the moment. You know, of course, he runs over her bike and they have this meet cute. And, and then, you know, it goes to her where she works and, you know, and the father's disapproving. So it's kind of cliche a little, but, you know, it's also episode two of the fourth season and we've only just met these characters so it's it's early there's going to be a lot more nuance 
to to the relationships and to the characters that we've just met, you know, five, six, seven episodes down, uh, down the line towards the end of uh, season four. By that point, these these guys and gals will be fleshed out <laughs> uh, a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that uh, relationship. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not allowed to be permanent, though. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess not allowed to be permanent. I <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> okay. So we have uh, we have Vince as well in this episode. Um, now his events are tied in intrins- intrinsically in with what Eric does in this episode too. So um, Eric will be. Oh, before we get to Vince, uh, briefly, Julie goes to school. The only thing we saw from Julie in this episode was uh, she goes to school uh, for the first day. She looks a little awkward, you know, walking through the halls. It's definitely a different atmosphere compared to to West Dillon and. Um, we also see her with Matt in that one scene when he was delivering pizza. So not a whole lot from Julie this week, but that's okay. You know, it's some characters have to be pushed on the back burner till the other characters come forward. So yeah. that's good. I don't think we've seen Grandma Saracen yet, have we? I don't think so. That's another one that I'm like, okay, Matt's there to take care of her. Where the hell is she? <laughs> uh, she'll be she'll be there. Don't worry. Good. <laughs> Like, I don't um, want her falling off the face of the earth like Tyra. <laughs> no, no, we'll be okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, what's that? Oh, so Vince, right? So we see we see Vince interacting with Eric. We're watching Eric in this episode, right? So we see him in school. Uh, somebody put stuff on his locker. Not cool, of course. Um, and then. He ends up uh, seeing Eric at his door, his, his mom's door, their apartment, right? Um, and sees what goes down there. We'll talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes here. Um, sees the events play out there. Eric comes to talk to him while he's shooting basketball. Um, so we see we see that scene play out. And we'll talk again. We'll talk more about that shortly. And then, of course, we get to the to the end of the episode. Well, no, actually, there's this scene in the office uh, where Eric, you know, his football office. And so Vince, seeing the exchange of money between him and his mother, because he gave his mom $20, um, gives the money back, gives Eric a look like, don't ever do that again. This is not You're for you not to my do father. this. Yeah, this is not something to stick your nose into. Um, and and thankfully, Eric backs off. He apologizes. Um, first of two apologies, uh, three apologies actually in this episode. So that's the first apology. They have uh, he talks with Eric. Um, Eric implores him to get the team back together and come for a Saturday night. Um, late night thing um or no wednesday sorry wednesday so um and then the end of the episode close to the end of the episode has vince showing up with all his buddies and again we'll talk about that in a minute so that's kind of the rundown what happens with vince like i said a lot of it's tied in with eric so you can only talk generally about vince in you know, can't get into specifics because there isn't a whole lot to get into. 
and we mostly has to deal with Eric and the actions that Eric takes or has taken. So, yeah. So, should we get into Eric's storyline? Right, right. So, um, Eric, of course, wakes up in the morning, goes out to get his paper, and finds all those, like you said, all those uh, uh, white flags um, out the lawn. Tammy's picking them up. Um, because she doesn't want Eric to see them, of course, but he does. So it's like, okay, it is what it is. Um, that's when er- uh, Eric gets. Uh, well, Eric goes to the to the school. Uh, none of the players show up because they've all quit on him. He just doesn't realize it yet. Buddy pulls up as Eric's leaving. That's when we see Buddy take er- Eric to the mailbox. Uh, the fake address for Luke Cafferty, and that's when Buddy says, hey, you know, Luke is supposed to be on your team, so I'm helping you out, old Buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we get uh, the scene where Eric shows up. He and Tammy have this long conversation, which turns into that fight, uh, because she wants to know, does he know about the mailbox? Of course, he says, I, I didn't know about it. Um but you could tell that he knew something was going on, so like there's still guilt there. Uh, he tries to implore uh, Landry to help out, and Landry's just like, basically, screw you, coach. Uh, more Solidarity. Or less. Um, yeah. And uh, Eric looks to find Vince, right? Because he feels like Vince is the best player on that field, even if he's raw and unproven as a player. Uh, he needs Vince to help him out, but he also needs just to find him in order to talk to him. So Eric gets the address, shows up at the door to the apartment, knocks on it, the door opens up, and a woman answers. And you learn that it's Vince's mother. And immediately you, you can tell she's under the influence of something, um, whether it be yeah, alcohol the, or drugs. This is the roughest looking person I think we've seen on Friday Night Lights. She was gone like a shell of a human being like it was hard to watch yeah it was tough to watch it was tough to watch to to see her slur her words and ask for for money eric yeah probably confronted it with a situation that he simply wasn't prepared to handle um acquiesces and, and gives her the 20 dollars um, which I thought was great um in that you can tell he's trying to help but it's also bad because $20 and what she's going to be getting with it is not what she needs. Yeah, exactly. 20 bucks will get you another hit. Yeah, and that's it. So um, Eric shows up because she gives him the place where where Vince plays basketball or he's at almost every day. So Eric shows up to the basketball courts and implores Vince to, you know, don't let this opportunity slip by. Problem is, Vince, even if he wanted to act on this offer, couldn't because he has to save face in front of his buddies. He can't just back down. Um, so he kind of plays it straight and plays it hard on coach. He just basically ignores him. Eric walks away unsatisfied, but keeps mentioning, like, just come, you know, talk to me. We can figure this out. Um, which, of course, uh, leads to... Um, the scene with Vince in his office. Um, 
Eric does apologize for giving the money, admits that it, it wasn't something he should have done. He won't do it again. But he also tells Vince, I need you to go gather the guys. I need you to help because I can't do this myself. I'm lost and I don't know what to do, which is the most vulnerable I think we've ever seen him before. Um, he's yeah. literally begging for help. Yeah, he definitely is. He's just looking for any kind of help he can get just to get a team back together. And he even says, like, you know, I might have to start over, but if I start over, I'm just going to get a new job and I I have somewhere to go eventually. But, you know, if I don't get a team, if you can't, don't help me get a team together, you know where, we both know where you're going. <laughs> That's what kind of, yeah, gets Vince on his side really quick. Right. Right. So uh, Vince gets up and leaves. Um, Eric doesn't know whether it got through him to him or not, but he's just, he's hoping something in his head clicked. Um, we see, we go to the night of, right? Um, they're, they're out there, the coaches, uh, and Luke is the first person to show up. Yeah, he runs <laughs> over. Luke shows up. Yep. He shows up, introduces himself. Of course, Eric knows who he is. You can tell they've, they, you know, <laughs> Eric was his coach not that long ago. So it's, it's obvious that they would know each other at this point. Yeah. So uh, he shows up, and before long, the other players show up, led by by Vince. Um, yeah, they and come in, and it's kind of just like the biggest like exhale of relief. Right, because he's like, okay, okay, I have something to work with here. So yeah. uh, we have the scene to, to play it, uh, the, the audio for the apology from Eric, and here it is. Vince. Coach? How you doing, Tinker? Good evening, gentlemen. Good to see you. Listen. Last week, we got our asses beat, doing our best, and there's no shame in that, gentlemen. But I'll tell you what, I've got shame. I have got shame, and I apologize to you. I apologize for not giving you the chance to finish your fight. I want to finish that fight with you. And I'm asking you right here, right now, to allow me to help you finish that fight. All right, Sarah, what you, would you think about this? Because I really enjoyed it. I liked seeing that Eric was truly sincere in his apology here. I thought it was the right move for him to make. Yeah, it was a lovely scene to watch because he is basically just, in that moment, he's not being a coach. He's being on the level and just kind of being like, I fucked up and I didn't talk to you guys. I made a decision without consulting my team and that was wrong. And if we're going to eventually be a team, we need to start fresh I think that was very smart, <laughs> but the fact that their symbolism for starting fresh is to burn their uniforms, I'm like, um, you do realize you're at East Dillon, not West Dillon, who's going to pay for those? That's like my first thought. Like, okay, I like the symbolism, but those are, you know, good uniforms you just burned. I agree. Yeah. Uh, financially, not the best move to make. Um, you're going to be paying for those out of your own pocket. <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to be coming out of the school because the school doesn't have it. Um, 
I, I love this scene. I thought it was a great moment for for Eric as a person and as a coach. Um, most of the time he's in the right, but occasionally he's in the wrong. And uh, doing what he did at the end of last week's episode by quitting on the team, well, quitting, forfeiting the, the match, or, uh, not the match, forfeiting the game, uh, it was a, maybe it was the right decision. Maybe it was. But the problem was he didn't consult them about it. He simply made yeah. the decision unilaterally for them. And the problem is that that doesn't generally work too well for most people when you make the decision and not give them any power, you know, to make the decision for themselves. Exactly. It's just, you know, they might have been okay with that, but you didn't consult them. So it's definitely a fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Um yeah, so, and that pretty much ends the episode. No, actually, no, 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 it doesn't. Um, we have one more scene to talk about. Um, Erica's home. Uh, Tammy is sitting there on the couch, watching TV, drinking wine. She turns the TV Big off. Big glass of wine. <laughs> Big glass of wine. Uh, she turns the TV off. Eric comes in. He's exhausted. Sits down. Uh, puts his arm around her. And... They talk, and the the scene is nice. I really enjoy what they said here. They were very economical in the dialogue. They you know they didn't have a five minute sprawling you know scene, just filled with dialogue that didn't matter. Uh, they really got to the heart in this scene of what was going on between the two of them, and more importantly, what was going on individually because they're both going through some pretty tough moments obviously eric with the football team tammy by being booed and having to deal with joe um what i appreciated here though is like uh, i mean like with vince and like with the team he apologizes to his wife and admits he was wrong yeah and i like that she you know also talks about how you know it's been rough and having them boo her and everything like that but that she takes uh, a small amount of pleasure in the fact that she got to at least one up Joe, and there's a little bit of uh, pleasure in that. <laughs> well, wouldn't there be pleasure? <laughs> there would have to be. A uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I would be drinking a celebratory glass of wine after that. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, so would I. Um, yeah, is it's a it's a nice uh, scene to end on. You know, the conflict between them two, those two, uh, resolved. They finally were able to work through it and come at the the real problem that was going on uh, between them, but more importantly, what was going on between them and just all the crap they're dealing with. You know, it's a lot. They're they're both dealing with more than they probably should at this point in the school year. But unfortunately, uh, if you're the principal, you got to deal with that stuff, and if you're Eric, you're thrown into uh, a situation where you don't have a lot to work with and you have to be really careful with, with the decisions you make and the way you interact with uh, the players. And I think Eric's coming to realize that maybe he needs to be a little more nuanced in his approach and listen a little more because uh, that may have worked over in West Dillon, but it doesn't work quite as well in East Dillon. Yeah, exactly. Like he's got to have a different mindset. Like he's not dealing with um, players that are you know well groomed or anything like that. Like he has to start from the ground up. Definitely. Okay, um, Sarah, give me 
Well, give me your thoughts. I mean, any th- final thoughts you want to share, but definitely final thoughts and give me your grade for the episode. Well, I thought this was a really fantastic episode. I mean, it was really jam-packed with a lot of great stuff, but it didn't feel like it was overpacked. It was just, you know, well-written with a lot of great dialogue and great scenes. I really love that. Um, I love, love, love the stuff with Tammy. Like, while there's some hard stuff there, seeing her, you know, just kind of give it right back to Joe was just a really satisfying scene to watch. And I love seeing uh, Tim and the coach and how he's going to be a part of that. That's great. Uh, More, more fuel to the fire that Eric can build. So I think that's wonderful. Um, (laughs) I love Mr. Artist Guy. I think he's going to be hilarious. Uh, Especially a great dynamic for Matt because Matt is so like, quiet and sweet and while he does have as his teacher says pluck uh he definitely can use some coming out of his shell so i think that's gonna be fantastic for him um yeah i think this is a really great episode very well written and while i it was a bit shaky for me in the very first episode last week i really liked this one and it's an a plus for me it's pretty high praise i gotta say yep well, you know what? I can't disagree. Um, <laughs> I, I, earlier in this episode, I said the word economical, and I think that really applies to this uh, this particular episode in spades uh, of the show, because I think you're right. There are a lot of characters that we see in this episode. There are a lot of storylines that we follow, where in past seasons... You could argue there was maybe some fat that you could have trimmed in certain episodes. Uh, In this one, there wasn't any. I mean, they literally, some episodes or some characters, we got a lot of scenes with them. Other characters, we didn't get a whole bunch. We just maybe checked in a a bit. Like, Like Julie, we didn't get much with Julie, but it's okay because Julie will get a better, like a episode more prominent for her maybe in the coming weeks. And oh, so yeah. it allows them to kind of put a character here and there in the back burner, bring other characters forward, give them more time, and kind of keep doing that all throughout the season. And they do that all the time. They've done it in the past seasons, too. It's how most shows work. But it's pretty amazing when you have all these new cast members. You have to give them screen time. We have to learn who they are. We need to know who is Vince. What does he want? What qualities does he have as a person? What qualities does he bring to the football team? All that. Um, same with uh, Jess. You know, who is she? Oh, okay, she met Landry. What does that mean? You know, what is she like? And so, and same with, with Luke. We saw in that one scene who Luke was as a person. Now think about that. We saw him in one scene. And then we saw him in one scene at the very end. That's all we got. But guess what? That's all we needed. So yeah, sometimes, it showed a lot. Right. Sometimes people think, oh, we need to see a lot of scenes. No. You just need to make sure that the scenes you have are effective. Other than that, you just need one or two, two scenes, maybe decent size, and that is good enough. You don't always need to, to pack in you know, 15 minutes of screen time to get your point across about a character. Exactly. As yep. long as it's well written and you know the fat is trim and you keep all the 
flavor of the episode. Like, yeah, that's what makes a great episode. Yeah, I felt it was jam-packed, but in the best way possible. It didn't feel rushed. I didn't feel at any point like they were hurrying along. It just felt like everyone was getting the correct amount of screen time and dialogue and pushing the plot forward, uh, both for the episode, for the season, and for their respective characters. So, yeah, it's really, really great stuff. Uh, I agree. The first week was a little shaky, not perfect, but, yeah, this episode really hit on all cylinders uh it was wonderful a plus for me i can't disagree it's a one of the best episodes of the show and certainly best episode so far of season four yeah i wholeheartedly agree and so if you guys would like to send in your thoughts if you have any differing opinions what have you email or voicemail you can send it to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com or reach out to us at freakgeeksmedia.com at Freak Geeks Media uh, on Twitter. And also we're out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks. And if you want to hop onto iTunes, give us a rating review. Deeply appreciate it because it just gets us notice. And yeah, that's always wonderful for us. So, yeah. All right. Well, it looks like that's it for us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week for episode three. Um, yep, we don't have that much longer to go. I, I think I said we... We're going to be finishing this up if we stay on schedule, uh, even if we account for um, a break around Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think we're still going to be done mid to late March, is my yeah, guess. Pretty so, early spring. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. That's it. So uh, we'll end it the way we always do. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Night.